because, you know, the StreamYard, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. Hi! Hello, live audiences out there throughout the world. Uh, maybe trying to watch the end of a White Sox game? Why are you doing that? Please don't. Please focus on these five people here right now because it's probably going to be a more rewarding experience than continuing to get your head beaten in by the team on the south side of Chicago that we know and love, we know too well, which is why it's hurting us right now and why I've called an emergency post-game, live, whatever, therapy session. A uh, quick fact before I just turn it over to everyone else so that they can talk and do not have to listen to me. Uh, White Sox are on the verge of falling back below 400 winning percentage. Yes, you didn't think that was a number that was possible as a winning percentage. We said it early in the season, but yeah, we're back there again. Below 400 if things play out the way the rest of this game goes, and they will also be tied for the 10th worst team projecting to the 10th worst team in the 123 years of White Sox history. That, by the way, is not good, in case you need me as an expert to help you with that. Uh, right now, we have uh, on our live, live broadcast throughout the entire planet, all you fans out there wanting to hear about the Chicago White Sox, we're here to tell you about them. Crystal O'Keefe, uh, Malachi Hayes, Sam, Sam Sherman, Dr. Sam, uh, Ryan, uh, oh, okay, Tina, she's here with us. It's uh, Christina Erdo as well. And who knows who else will crash this? We might make the Brady grid so small you can't see any of us. You will just hear cussing. Don't throw a flag. Okay, well, uh, you know what? Uh, rather than just throw it to the floor, I'm going to let the doctor himself, I'm going to let the man who sort of triggered all of this, even though I guess I had been talking about a post-game podcast. Oh, he made it just a little bit more urgent and live. It's uh, Dr. Sherman. Uh, Sam, um, hey, talk. <laughs> it's good to see you again. <laughs> Sorry we have to meet under these circumstances, but tell me how you're feeling right now. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I mean, you know, I, I, we were talking for just a couple seconds before we started recording, but like, um, nice to see everybody, first of all. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I, this whole season has been, in the last couple of se years, um, have been, anywhere from frustration to honestly moving into that, that area of just like apathy. Um, we had a podcast uh, last year, the year before where I had kind of said that um, I just was having a hard time seeing the, the point of being like a, a white Sox fan, a, a baseball fan, a sports fan, quite frankly. Um, and uh, it seemed like it's just a lot more pain, but um, than anything, but the, the thing is, I think I just, I just something about um, this, this series just seemed to break me from it almost like broke through the apathy. So, I mean, I'll give them that they <laughs> from apathetic to uh, anger again. Um, but I think that the anger goes back to, it's not, I don't think it's fair. It's not fair that this is an organization that's taking advantage of fans who are going to tune in and going to pay attention and going to, you know, I don't go into this season hoping I've never gone into a white Sox season, hoping that they were going to be, bad so to prove any to say oh well hopefully these people get fired or hopefully these people get right. fired there's people that can do that i've never had the ability to do that i'm optimistic i like to go into a season thinking you know even this season and you know thinking you never know um and just the fact that we're at a point now where here we go again but now it's even worse somehow um they have basically they have very few um despite people thinking that they're going to trade everybody and they very well may um, they don't have a lot of, you know, it's not like they're going to get back a ton. 
um, unless they go ahead and trade a, you know, a Dylan cease and just do this all over again. But then we go back to the old thing of, well, who's making the trades. Um, and, and I don't think any of us want um, uh, anybody in the organization current that's currently in the organization to be responsible for any returns on those trades, but they're going to get that opportunity, no accountability um, in the organization or, or under any, as we know, Jerry Reinsdorf, um, uh, at the helmed franchise or organization. Um, and I don't know. I just don't think it's fair to any of us or anybody in, in, in the White Sox fandom to where, where it is at this point. Cause they just keep, I don't know. They're taking advantage of the fans. Uh, that's, that's my long and short of it. The tone of the season was set as well, given the fact they gave us more excuse probably than ever. And, and I dare say, all appearances aside here on social media, hello, uh, I'm actually a slightly older fan than the rest of you. And so even in my fandom, I can't remember le uh, leaning to a season uh, where it was tempting to actually hate the team or, or to maybe even hate the team. Uh, did not want them to do poorly. But even given that head start with uh, the redacted signing, with the um, – <laughs> the flaccid off season. We've had those before. Uh, this is the closest they've pushed, I think, any of us to sort of outright hatred of the team. And yet still, we all showed up. We were excited on opening night. Uh, we still want the team to do well, even with that guy on the roster, even with that guy running the team, even with that manager, uh, who's you know, the least of the problems, I suppose. Um, so even with us sort of already leading off first base, ready to steal the second of real disdain and maybe even actual hatred for the team, none of us felt that starting out. And actually on opening night, if I recall, it wasn't that long ago, but boy, do I feel old. And it seems like it was about a decade ago. Uh, you know, there was actual excitement. So the fact that we met a head start toward hatred, we still didn't do that and give in. And, you know, Maliki's brought up uh, on podcast, obviously Crystal as, as well. I think we all have uh, about how tempting it is to really dislike this team. And boy, we're well. We're in it now. The most unlikable team I can ever remember in my nearly uh, probably eclipsed thirty years of fandom at this point. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I, I watched them give up a five-run lead in one inning uh, just today, and like, I'm fucking tired of it. Um, I'm here to curse because what the fuck are we even watching? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Um, what the fuck is Jerry Reinsdorf doing? What the fuck is Rick Hahn doing? Nobody has a fucking clue. And I think Sox fandom is just fed up. Like, fucking fed up. There. Shout out to Dante. I got my curse again. Yes. Melissa, if you, had, if you had Ryan in the pool, uh, you win and you collect. Uh, other thoughts about even how we started this season and we want, we all want to resist it because we're White Sox fans, mate. Well, what's the point? What's the point of doing this right now if we didn't care? Um, have you guys seen the meme that's like the guy holding a sign and it's like our expectation was low, but holy fuck. Like <laughs> that's how I would describe this year because Great summation. Ryan pretty much like summed it up there, but um, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be good. I 500, I think was like the bad is what I thought what would be for like this team for like a contention window competing team. And no, it's actually like way worse than that. Like we're, we're fighting for our lives for 400 win percentage out here. So like it has been tough and 
watching like the north side team that has just as poor management as we do mm. um they're not very good either and here they are just obliterating us at our home ballpark um in honestly like a really chaotically hysterical manner i mean <laughs> there was like two back-to-back home runs in back in both games like you got to be shitting me it was unbelievable and at a certain point it's just kind of like well that's that's just how it is here and like I was at the game yesterday and I wasn't even really phased by the second home run and I wasn't phased by it tonight either because again I just don't have many expectations for this team um but it's kind of just like what the hell are you gonna do going forward because Jerry Reinsdorf is winning no matter what they have sold out crowd two nights in a row he's winning it does not matter if the team performed well if they give if they win in a walk-off it doesn't matter um so it's just like if you're going to continue forward with the same people running the team, we're going nowhere. That's my thought. Otherwise, like I can't imagine the players wanting to play well for this team either. I would be apathetic as hell playing for this toxic hellhole organization. <laughs> just what it is. Like yeah. that is just what it is. It's not like losing culture is a new concept. We've heard it. And we're, hey, we've been leading the pack suggesting that but now we're here we're basically hearing it everywhere when we hear uh, when we hear trade rumors uh the national reporters are citing losing culture players wanting to get out of it uh lance lynn is probably willing to take a trade to the durham but well he might actually take a trade to the durham bulls if he goes to tampa uh just to get out of chicago and you know that's actually a step or two worse than even this the la Russa clubhouse um not heading in the right direction um <laughs> crystal zach uh please uh step in Um, I will say just I'm glad there were other things to do in the most recent city that I traveled to to see this team because had I only went to those two games in New York, I would have probably um, wanted to die. I mean, they were so bad there. The first I mean, the first game was kind of fun, but they still lost. And they lost the next day, and they finally win one the day I don't actually go to the game. So, honestly, it's incredibly rude, and I feel like at least my airfare should be paid for by the organization. (laughs) Um, Because why did I do that? Like, why on earth? And I convinced other people to go to this game. Like, (laughs) why? That's just, uh, I hate. hate You went because it's a nice new stadium. This is a stadium you haven't been to yet, and that's the only reason to go watch the White Sox at this point, feels like. Yeah. As somebody that is going to New York in a few days and was like, oh, it would have been nice to go see them get destroyed against the Mets. I like the Mets, but instead I'm going to go watch a minor league team because that seems a lot more fun than watching the White Sox or wherever they are right now. I'm in the car with my Cubs fan dad to make sure that I can join into this, who gets oh. to talk trash to me the entire time. Because they're down 10 to 7 right now, despite the fact that Strowman was bad, despite the fact that this team, like, both of these teams are not good teams. The Cubs are mediocre, and he's, he was right. He told me at the beginning of the year, the White Sox are going to be worse than the Cubs. I didn't believe it. He was right. And he gets to hear me talk about it live right now about Dante. right. 
kangaroo kangaroo court fine for inviting a cub fan onto the podcast <laughs> at this moment uh however okay well respect to uh, uh papa jones uh, we'll we'll be talking to both of you at some point about uh about this very strange family that uh, uh you've raised sir uh uh maliki you cited specifically in a podcast just a couple ago your lowest moment as a white Sox fan actually did sort of kick off this terrible era of horrible feeling just this year uh, with the redacted signing. Um, but even then, I suppose, maybe harkening back to what I said five minutes ago, um, you know, you're still trying to fight through it. Um, and you still, and actually you were acknowledging that the rest of the Central Division might come to the White Sox, down to the White Sox level and the White Sox might have a shot while, you know, uh, Crystal, Tommy, even myself were a little bit more garrulous about their chances at the start of the season. Uh, you were still fighting through it, so <laughs> you're not being rewarded for that. Yeah, you know, I definitely relate to what you said at the beginning there, Sam, where as much as I want to be apathetic and um, as much as I want to be pessimistic, as much as what I, you know, what I know to be true from, you know, my years of observing baseball and um, knowing that the way the White Sox operate on a baseball level is is not very smart, I, I still come into the season as optimistic as I can every year. I want them to to do well, and there's there, there's something about this team that's a little bit different in terms of the kind of ire it rises in me and seems to be rising in other people. Where like you know, for the most part, I I can't really even bring myself to dislike these players. I you know like a Luis Luis Robert and uh, you know Aloy Jimenez are both. Both playing well. TA has had a terrible year. Moncada has had a terrible year. A lot of these guys have had terrible years, but they had, you know, in whatever uh, reports might be, you know, leaked from the management side about the clubhouse dynamic, about how the players aren't giving, um, you know, a certain effort level or, or whatever. It, I just, I find it hard to be mad at them because the dislike of this team is just more organizationally directed than I felt it in the past. You know, there's one thing, it's one thing to put together a bad baseball team. They put together plenty of bad baseball teams over the past 10 years where, you know, I've been able to say, okay, this is a bad baseball team, whatever. I like baseball. It sucks that I was born into this instead of being a San Francisco Giants fan or something like that, but whatever. Uh, but there is a kind of contempt that seems to be coming from the organization uh, from the organization to the fans, um, you know, that in in my in my mind, kind of boil over a little bit with with um, the the Clevenger signing, and particularly not even so much the signing, of course, as the way they they handled the um, the allegations and what was you know he was revealed to be very concretely pretty pretty shortly after signing him, uh, mm -hmm. the way they handle that on top of the way they handle their baseball other abuse issues in the past and have been leading up to this season was very confusing to admit what this is there is a it feels like a middle finger from the organization in a way that just putting a bad team on the baseball field uh, doesn't quite do doesn't doesn't quite um, spur. You know, I don't feel this way about a regular bad baseball team. It feels like we are being um, 
you know, insulted not even so much by the play on the field, but by the fact that they operate the way they do and talk to their fans and their patrons and their business the way they do. You know, uh, it, it feels different in that way. And um, I'm sorry if I've been cutting in and out. I feel like my my neck keeps spiking, but it's um, yeah, it's it's disappointing. And the the middle fingers have been getting thrown for years. You could argue that the idea of the teardown rebuild is a middle finger. Okay, let's even give a pass there. Uh, Rick Hahn at Reggie's is a middle finger. Hiring Tony Larusa is a middle finger. A difference is this team is still either clearing the decks or they're on some sort of rise. So the White Sox, not that they've earned it, but perhaps you can at least say, all right, well, you don't know where we're going yet. Um, you know, talk again, I think it's it's this is one way I'll define, defend Han. I think it's sort of misused when it's repeated back. But OK, talk to him after the parade. Problem is, we're here now. We're in the middle of a contention window that's slammed shut, was probably never even really open. It's broken, destroyed. The house is burned down. So th there's nothing still to grab them here. They're not making a run this season. They're not making a run next season. Contention window is, is dead and gone, blown up. Uh, so even though those middle fingers have been getting thrown for a while, uh, they, I mean, they're worse this year and they feel different because there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's all trained, if not just cave in. And, uh, you know, that that's where we're at now and, and getting handed to us by the crosstown team, you know, just is rubbing more salt in, in all of these wounds that have been opening up all season long. Uh, game just went final. Congratulations, Rakan. Your team is 21 games under 500 <laughs> uh, at the end of July, heading up to your trade deadline. Um, don't and, and they're not trying to sell. You don't want to do That's a full hilarious. rebuild because you want to contend next year. Um, I'm sorry, Bob Nightingale. I know you got that quote from somewhere, but <laughs> what the fuck? Like this team is 21 games under 500. The farm is barren. I don't care what magical trades Rick Hahn can pull out of his ass to get himself major league ready players. This team is going nowhere. They're going to be worse next year, but yet they still want to contend. Like, do they not know that we can actually see with our eyeballs what they do? Like, we have brains and can process the things that they say. We are not as dumb as they think we are. Because for fuck's sake, we watch this shit, we analyze it, we write about it, we talk about it. This team is going nowhere and going nowhere fast. And there is no light. It's it's a train wreck. And we just can't look away. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Um, I, it's I, something, I was going to say, it's something we've been saying, like I've been telling people, which is don't watch these games. They don't deserve your viewership. Let us suffer through the misery of watching the White Sox this year because at least we write about it. And at least it gives us something to, like, we have something to say about it. We're writing about it. I have an article talking that's coming out this weekend talking about the fact that the White Sox don't know how to use the injured list. And the fact that this team is not competently ran. You can't even run, an injured, like run the injured list. You can't even put Andrew Vaughn on that way he has a leg that's obviously not working the way a leg's supposed to work. He's in walking boots. But no, screw the IL. He can't, he's out for seven days. He got been on the IL for 10 days. And you're sure that we need an Andrew Vaughn back right this second? 
we got we got Benwell Andrew Vaughn this season for three extra days. It's not like he's been great. And I'm a believer in Andrew Vaughn. I think he's not a bad player. I think he could develop into something. The issue is that the White Sox, like the other Jerry Reinsdorf owned team, don't know how to develop anything, it seems like most of the time. Like, yeah, whenever they develop something, it's luck. Just pure luck. And it's tiresome. It's annoying to watch. So free yourselves. Don't watch this team. Watch us. We do our jobs much better than they do their jobs. So just watch us, listen to us, read our articles, and tell Jerry, Ken, Rick, everybody that's not a player on this team to go screw themselves. I'm not cursing because, of course, I'm in a car with my dad. But, yeah, like just don't watch. <laughs> don't do it to yourselves. It is not worth it. There is no reason anybody should watch this team unless you like to enjoy suffering and pain or you're told to watch it because for some reason you joined in 2022 and not 2021. Preach. Hey, uh, well, we've already, uh, the, 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 the cussing is a, is a moot point. Uh, Dante, uh, Ryan has got us to our uh, first half of podcast um, maximum already. We're going to take a quick break, even though on the live podcast, you'll just, you'll just see us. We're, we're going to be moving. You'll, you know, but on the podcast, please buy whatever the fans for sports network wants to sell you. It's good stuff. I, I promise. We'll be back in a minute to rant more. Um, okay. Hey, we're back. The South Side Empaths. We are here to do the job that you should not be forced to do. Namely, feast your eyes on whatever it is they're putting on the field, which currently, as uh, the late breaking news from uh, Ryan, uh, lost tonight, swept by the Cubs in a mercifully mini two-game series, 398 winning percentage. That tracks to equal the 1976 White Sox. I was alive for that team, not a fan. I was alive. It's not a good team. It's not company you want to be in. That would be the 10th worst team in White Sox history. Not great. And the funny thing is, what is it? Uh, I believe in the game thread from Maliki today, we have four of the whatever. I, give me give me the stats, Maliki, but it's not great. Uh, Rick Hahn uniquely presides over uh, horrible White Sox baseball. And there is a 30-year period in the middle of White Sox history that was awful. Five winning seasons in... 30 years and Rick Hahn is outdoing that. Yeah. I think the number <clears throat> was, this is probably going to finish or this is on pace to finish is um, like one of the, one of the, the fourth uh, in the last 10 years of the 16 worst seasons in franchise history. This is an old franchise. They were founded in like 1901. That was a very long time ago. A lot of people didn't have electricity in the United States back then. Um, and a full 25% of like the bottom, not even 10th, like I don't even know what it is of the, of the worst seasons in, in team history have, have come under the, the Rick Hahn era. And two of those, he were, they were actually trying to win. That's the thing is that you can be the Baltimore Orioles and lose 110 games for three straight years. At least they did it on purpose. 2013, 2023, both teams, when they did in fact, try to do something, uh, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's just pretty unprecedented losing. I think the only other of the other, what was it like, um, twelve teams that are in that bottom sixteen, uh, eleven of them came before, yeah, you know, like 1970. 1976 is the only time in the last fifty years we've really um, we've seen seasons like we have kind of come to expect regularly over the last few years. And it's um, yeah, it's it's just it's nothing short of frustrating, simply because. 
nobody else in professional sports gets this leeway in terms of front office jobs. Nobody else in professional sports gets the opportunity to, to, to lose this much. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's a money printing machine regardless. So it kind of leaves you at a loss as to, well, what do you do when you end up in this stasis when, uh, you know, there's just no reason for ownership to really care on the level that's going to root out the clear problems here. And I'll, I'll say one more thing before uh, turn, turning over the the mic. And I, I, I think I would actually disagree a little bit with the sentiment that, you know, there's just nowhere to go but down for this team. And I think that's part of what makes it so frustrating is that, you, you know, that 2013 team, that 2017 team, talent on those teams was bad they did not have players like Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez or a healthy Tim Anderson uh or or the, you know the core that they do or even you know a Dylan Cease I actually Chris Sale I should say that but um but the payroll is at about 150 million dollars next year about 110 of that counts against the luxury tax I think there's no reason we shouldn't believe that a competent GM somebody who's like actually knows how to run an organization who's not an insider who has the freedom to actually reshape the organization a little bit. I, I don't think there's any reason someone who knows what they're doing couldn't put together a competitive roster next year. You know, the baseline talent is there. And if you want to spend up to $200 million and even not go up to that luxury tax, there's still plenty of decent players to be found out there. The problem is that they've had that money in the past and they spend it on, you know, Joe Kelly and Mike Clevenger and Larry Garcia, and there there are better players out there that can be had for those contracts. And I think that's what's so frustrating is that it's still there. It's still there for the taking. I don't think it's a totally foregone conclusion that this group has to be a total failure. Uh, but as long as it's the current you know regime above them that is framing things and is the setting them up to succeed or fail, they're only going to set them up to fail. So it's uh it's like you know pounding pounding your fists against a glass box there's just nothing nothing it's there but See that, there's no that, indication that anything's yeah. gonna be done about it that well, malachi optimism came right here too like <laughs> oh yeah five yeah. million or something it's, yeah it's laughable he's having a good retirement he's having a good retirement it's not like he's playing against us so i guess that's a little less Insulting, I suppose. No, here's the thing. If he was playing against us, at least he would be positively contributing to the White Sox. Like, that would probably be better than anything at this point, it feels like. Because sometimes players just suck to that level. My other thing, like, with Malachi's point of, like, this should be a good team. A competent GM could make this happen. It's just that Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't care about hiring a competent anything, it feels like. Competent GM, competent medical staff, competent first base, second base, I mean, competent base coaches, competent starting pitchers, not named abuser or um, the guy that sticks, that sits on the IL half the season because the White Sox don't realize that Michael Kopech probably isn't a long-term starter right now. Like, there are things that any one of us, I think, and I mean this honestly, could take this team over and make this team 10 wins better than they are right now just by using common sense, making common sense deals. Cody Bellinger shouldn't be on the Cubs. He should be a White Sox. And Andrew Benditendi should still be a White Sox. That's like the way that people were acting as if you could only sign one player. You could have signed both. The White Sox could have done so many things. And we've been talking about John to India as a potential addition to the team because of the rumors and things floating around. 
And the more and more I think about Jonathan India, the more and more I'm like, that's idiotic. He can't play defense. It's replacing Elvis Andrews with a slightly better bat and about the same glove, if not worse. Like, that's what we're begging for at this point. We're begging for average to slightly above or slightly below average players instead of being like, we should go get dudes that can make it so this window stays open. And we don't, none of us expect the team to get anybody that's going to keep this window open next year. We all expect this team to go grab people that are going to be, eh, at least we got second place, at least we're in third place instead of losing maybe 98, 95 games or something. Dante, second place or third place sounds really good right now. I think we'd and actually that's an be issue. pretty happy. Like this team, like as Malky said, Luis Robert is a dude. Eloy Menes, one healthy, is a dude. Tim Madison, <laughs> one healthy, is a dude. Like I know people are soured on some of these people because of their health, but we've seen them produce when healthy. We've seen, like in the short end season, Eloy won a silver slug, if I remember correctly. That's a lot that's a good chunk of time to see what he could do in a like in a nice sample. It's not quite half a season, but hey, if he can put that stretch of time and stay healthy, you can't tell me that a lawyer man that's gonna hit 40 home runs in a regular season if he was able to play 150 games. You can't tell me they wouldn't have 125 RBIs if he was able to play 150 games. Tim Madison, he has no home runs this year, but guess what? Once he seems to finally get fully healthy, he's starting to actually make contact with the ball. And he keeps getting these close, hard hits that get robbed or barely miss or barely go foul. Yohan yesterday almost hit a grand slam. Like, this team has dudes that, are, that could be good, but they only care about one through nine for this roster. They only care about one through five for the, start, for the uh, rotation. And that's where they, got, they will always be mediocre because they don't care about building the rest of the players with the rest of the team with competent players. Dante I, love, Dante, I love you like a brother, but you're sounding a little bit like your father driving next to you there. That sounds very much Cubs talk. Man, that was almost a home run. That was almost hit. I get it, and it speaks a little bit to what Maliki said. It's like, hey, listen, this is not – this isn't, I don't know, uh, the Royal. I don't know what team you're talking about. Oakland. I mean, the Royal yeah, – I mean, the, did, did we barely beat the Royals in a series this year? Like, I'm not trying to sound like my dad because of, like, the whole he loves the Cubs thing. I'm trying to sound like – Keep him on the road. I mean, the White now. Sox more than we – I was going to say, he can see the White Sox flaws better than I could at the beginning of the season because he's looking from a different perspective, a perspective that I have grown to appreciate versus looking at the White Sox from, like, somewhat of a fan's view. I had this team winning, 80, I think, 84 games at the beginning of this year. I'm an idiot for that. <laughs> Having this team winning 81 games is idiotic. And they keep proving all of us right and wrong in the sense of they're proving anybody that said they sucked right and they're proving me, Maliki, and a few others extremely wrong to to Malachi's point about this team being you know close isn't the right word but that there's something there uh you know the rest of you what what's what's your gut saying i mean obviously there's just so many conditionals and, and Malachi, i think even outlined them as he spoke and dante did as well of all the things that won't happen that could happen but won't happen but the optimism level has to be pretty low that as soon as I mean, let's just throw out the stuff about they're still competing. That's just, what else are you going to say? I mean, that's something typed up like in April, you know, by by the, the communications department in, in, in case of fire. And, you know, they're trying it out now. What are they going to say? Yeah, yeah, you should you know, stone the park and burn it down. No, of course not. Uh, but that said, is it realistic to think? I mean, can we get on the, on the Hayes bus here and be like, okay, 
yeah, all right, I can see it. Or, or is this really more of a sense of that, that it really, that it really is destined to get worse? Um, I think it is destined to get worse, but I just don't know exactly what worse uh, looks like, which is kind of the disturbing thing. But um, exciting, but scary. <laughs> but there's a there's a few things that that came up, um, and, and the first thing that made me think about it was was when Dante earlier was talking about the the strange handling of the of the IL that the White Sox have had for the last couple of seasons, um, and it's that, and it's the way that they handle the off season, and it's the way that they handle signings. It's there's sort of this like White Sox way of of doing business um, that is that they never they never um, speak on, they never explain. They never, uh, you know, give any kind of um, uh, justification or, or explanation for. And if you're the Patriots, for example, and you're Bill Belichick, and you've and you're, you you know you're winning championships and championships, you can kind of be shrouded in this mystery. It's a thing that the White Sox that's driven me crazy about the White Sox for several seasons, for basically a lifetime of fandom, which is they operate in this way. Um, where there's no accountability, um, uh, they and and but they operate in a way where they don't they don't feel the need to explain themselves. Um, which again, if they were a winning organ- organization in any way or by any metric, that could be something that okay, fine, let them do what they're doing. But they're they're horrific. I mean, they're really one of the worst organizations in all of sports, not just in baseball. And so to be shrouded in this mystery and to act like they know better than. Um, than the fans or, 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 um, you know, to hear, uh, like was mentioned before, Rick Hahn over the last several seasons, um, really go at the fans uh, for what were legitimate concerns then, legitimate concerns now, and ha- have always been really that just that it was. And again, it wasn't that we were going to go into the season not watching the team or rooting against the team. Um, and that's kind of goes back to that original thing I was talking about, which is Rick Hahn was making us, the fans, uh, he was making us out to be dummies knowing full well that we were never going to be rooting against the product. So it puts us in this position that um, so, so, so Brett to, to talk about what, you know, could it, is it going to get worse? Could it, is there hope? I mean, yeah, Luis Robert is awesome. Excuse um, me guys. Yeah. We have a huge trade that might have just broke. Giolito to the um, angels. Hmm. Gio to the Angels has just been reported. Gio, so I'm from what I'm saying right now from Jeff Passan, it is Lucas Giolito and Renato Lopez to the Angels for Edgar Cotero, Puero, and left hand for that's a catcher, and then left hander Cal Bush. So Edgar Cotero. That's that's happened. Giolito to the Angels. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to go cry now. (laughs) Yeah, same. I think I'm going to, after I get home, I think I'm going to go pour me a nice heavy drink and um, enjoy myself at this point because my favorite non, my favorite non Tim Anderson player or Louis Robert player is gone. The guy that's been my guy for years, gone because this team doesn't understand that you don't trade your best picture in the middle of a season. It might be a long season. Just fucking resign. <laughs> Dude, fucking resign the guy that's proven time and time again that he is good at this. That he is, like, since 2019, he has been the most consistent picture on this team. 
Dylan C's, yeah, he had a great 2022. And look at Dylan C's right now. Look at 2021, Dylan C's. Up and down. Like, but you're going to trade oh. him. You're going to trade Lucas Giolito. And then you're going to trade Rolando Lopez, who's been one of your better relievers. I'm sorry for I mean, the amount of volume I have now, but that, uh I mean, it's, it's good so news. Idiotic. It's good news for you, Sam. There's only one Giolito in Chicago now. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> congratulations. You made it. You out, you, you know, you outlasted him. So, yeah. It's a win uh, for you. Well, this is going to be an interesting rest of the season, I guess. <laughs> yeah, not- I think even Maliki will acknowledge that um, the cart is now easing like down the hill, at least for 2023, because, you know, clearly, you know, here we go. And we get to see all that talent in Charlotte now. You know, another another bright side, you know, of everything. Ooh. I mean, yeah. this, this isn't, it isn't that shocking. It kind of hurts because I love Gio, but I've been mentally preparing for this since he didn't sure. sign that extension. Sure. Like, it's it's been obvious for a while that they were going to trade yeah. him. Um, can it get worse? Yeah. Who the hell are these two guys we just got from the Angels of all places? Like, I, I, I'm not up to date on, on other people's farm systems. Um, but those are two names I've I've never heard of. Like Jerry is probably going to want to cut costs next year, so it's not like we're going to see a heavy investment. Like they could have re-signed their own guys, but Jerry doesn't pay pitching. Um, there's just something toxic. Like yes, there's talent here, but there's something so toxic. Be it be it bubbling over when they forced TLR on us versus now, the talent here is just not going to win. I'm, I'm actually really happy for Lucas because he's free of this now. Like uh, he doesn't good, have to put up with this shit anymore. Good, good news though, Ryan. They're coming from the Angels, so they might not really know any better in terms of uh, a clubhouse and, and atmosphere a, and ownership. I have a bit of a hot take here, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll before I. I mean, yeah, Lucas Giolito, sentimental, cool guy, like Succession. I'm, I'm sorry that he's going to uh, be not be on my favorite team, but happy for him that he'll not be in on the White Sox. But I'm looking at the return. Granted, I've never heard of the guys that they got back, but this the first guy is the second Edgar Caro is the is the second top prospect in the Angels organization. 65. Okay, okay. This. That makes it a little easier at least. But, and, the, no. and the pitcher they got is the Angels third top. I mean, listen, I actually like the return. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I so- I mean, Mm. So, Melky, I'm going to hand it over to you, but we did speculate on this, whether Rick Hahn could make a trade that would be better than what he would get just letting Gio go, which would be pick number 45 next year, and it appears that may be the case. Can you confirm for us, Mr. Optimism yourself, Malachi Hayes? Yeah, I think this is a good trade. hate to say it. Um, Edgar Caro is probably – I'm not – Familiar with with Kai Bush, his stats are not impressive. Pitching is weird. The Sox, he's six six. Sox like tall guys. Um, um, <laughs> but Edgar Edgar Caro is probably probably as good of a prospect as you could hope to get at this mm. stage for two months of Lucas Giolito. Um, mm. He's a switch hitting catcher who's twenty years old in Double A right now, hitting pretty well, above league average. He's walking more than he's striking out. Um, you know, a lot of people were looking at someone like Diego Cartaya and penciling him in as a potential mm-hmm. return from the Dodgers. I think um, I don't think this is very far off that at all. I think they're they're fairly similar, and I'm very very sad to see Lucas go. And I'm gonna drop after this so I can finish the uh, six pack part of this recap and uh, maybe get a 
quick little story up there, but um, I'm not mad. I can't say I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I mean, I'm, a, a, not happy to see Lucas go. Of course, it's quite, quite sad, but um, given what this season is, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm unmoved by that return. I think Edgar Caro is probably a better prospect than the White Sox would have uh, found their way into otherwise. And uh, yeah, I'm, that's, I can't complain too much about that right well, now. Well, this is what we're all fearing because there were folks, I think it might have just been me and you, Malik, who actually said he, he would do better just taking that mid, whatever, end of second round, mid second round. Uh, pick and and oh, this is I mean I'm no expert at all I'm an idiot but that is this is clearly better than that so hey listen you know you stumble around blindly and get enough people uh, throwing cake at you some of it's going to end up in your mouth and I guess maybe that's what's happening yeah okay that's the headline for the trade oh my goodness we're gonna have to write about a trade this night will never end but at least it's taking a little bit of a sunnier turn Malachi obviously if you got a bump because Lord knows that that readership is is very hungry for the recap. Uh, and the six pack. So of course, I'll, I will honor your need to to take a leave if you need to. Uh, Crystal and uh, Chris, uh, Christina, I I need to hear from you about how how you're feeling. Broadly, specifically, tall pitcher for tall pitcher. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. Look, the trade is fine. Like it's good, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to go cry myself to sleep tonight <laughs> because. I mean, I also loved Raylo. He's he struggled, yeah. but he's a likable person. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna like cry after this. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't be. Yeah, the crying, which you sort of penciled into the calendar somewhere around the trade line, deadline, there would be crying, or perhaps if by some weird miracle or or sheer incompetence by Han, it would have been right at the end of the season when uh, Gio. Um, declared free agency and that's just as good as he's you know of course he's gone so this was coming so i mean the the shock of it you know the tears are still the tears the shock of it i suppose uh isn't because we did obviously know this was happening um way back in the nickel and dime over the next arbitration contract so uh christine i guess this probably wasn't a, a huge shock even though i'm sure it's still a little irritating to you as well no i mean i agree with pretty much what all you guys have said, like I, there was a White Sox game scheduled tonight. So I was already planning on crying at some point. So um, this fits right back into the schedule. Um, Giolito has just like come so far with this organization. Like he literally, there was a whole commercial about how fucking bad he was in one year. Like, you know what I mean? And then he turned into like, you know, a semi side contending pitcher for at least a couple of years. He led the team when, we didn't have an ace and he was that he had a no hitter. It was like the vibe was so good. And he's just like genuinely a good guy. Um, and this team has, you know, we're fighting for good people in this organization. So yeah, when they true. go, it's sad when they leave. Um, so I'm definitely, and same with Raylo. Like he also has come such a long way. Obviously he hasn't had um, a great year this year by any means, but Last year when there was nobody to pitch, he was the fourth starter and he was a good one at that. Um, and also just like a really passionate player. And it's it's hard to have that leave and leave the bullpen and, you know, with whatever we have of this super bullpen, if you want to call it that at this point. 
think it's a super broken bullpen. Um, but I just, I'm just like, I'm just kind of sad. I'm not shocked that he's gone. I'm kind of more shocked that he went to the Angels. Um, but yeah, I thought the other what LA team. Well, season, it really yeah, is. I guess so. I guess if we're going to go somewhere. Good. Like I, I'm kind of cool with that. I'm fine with that. I mean, the Angels have been trying to win for so long. I don't, maybe they'll get somewhere. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But I'm just sad to see him go. And, and Raylo's numbers, let's face it, if he wasn't thrown uh, into the closing role, I mean, I, I don't know exactly his splits, but I do know the majority of his ugliness was uh, under those circumstances. And I think he's really been heating up. Throwing him into this deal probably gets us that uh, number two or number three prospect. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't overlook that, even though clearly Giolito is the headliner. Uh, yeah, I trusted. I mean, as long as he wasn't closing, I trusted Raylo mm-hmm. pretty much every time he I mean, like Tina just said, he would start and he was great. He would come in as a relief and he was one that I actually trusted. So that's a huge bummer. I wish it was a bummer, speaking of. It makes for an exciting rest of the season, however, given the fact that the Super Bowl pen, which wasn't really all that super butt for little uh, uh, spits and starts here. Anyhow. Joe fucking Kelly. Yeah, Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, where is Luke Smales when you need him to defend the Joe Kelly experience? Um, I feel like at this point he doesn't even want to defend Joe Kelly. Now it's just a bit because it's damn near impossible. Could be. It could be. Like, like I've had the lines like are open. Before. The lines are open, all, Luke. We are all hilarious like that. But whew, the super pin is no more because bye bye Ray Lowe, who somehow became was already here and somehow was one of the better parts of it. Um, man. That, like, as everyone else said, I guess it's soon time to cry ourselves to sleep. Lose to the team on the north side, then lose your best picture and one of your best relievers, all in the span of six hours, not even that long. Um, the, way, the matter in which they lost tonight is just like the icing on the cake right now. Like, yeah, it's not like we haven't seen this game this year, but yeah, we're I think we're seeing them with greater frequency. Uh, I think when we were uh, speculating on what would happen this season back when the White Sox were even making a run into deeper into the 400 winning percentage uh, arena, which they may not see again this year, uh, there was some speculation about whether trades would even be made. And I think we all universally said, well, we don't want Han making them. And, and I suppose this may reverse that to a degree, but I suppose at the very least this opens up the notion that more players are more players are leaving from from here. I mean, obviously Giolito was, I guess he if he is if there is a centerpiece, he is the centerpiece player who could have been traded. But Lance Lynn obviously is going somewhere, um, Durham Bulls or Tampa otherwise. Uh, so this isn't the last of the trades, yeah. No, it's it's absolutely not. Um, Lynn, while not good tonight. Um, He's going somewhere. Someone will throw a, a bag of balls uh, at Rick Hahn, and and they might have to eat a little money, but Lynn will be going somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kelly go. Bummer, maybe. Um, God, Graveman, maybe. Jesus, I don't, I don't even know. Maybe, yeah, maybe they'll, maybe somebody will take Redacted off their hands. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Like, like. I'm of the mind this might have been K, uh, KW stepping up and, and pulling the trade off. And if that's true, like, let Trader Kenny take this away. I, I, I got nothing at this point. Like, I'm, I'm just thinking of, the, of, of 
updating my preview for tomorrow and now being like we're down two pictures that that okay well yeah. this is going to be an even uglier series uh, series against cleveland so woo it's always satisfying to burn midnight oil over a team that's just absolutely horrible and breaks our hearts on an hourly basis so it's gonna be fun as maliki's writing as crystal's writing as i'm probably writing something it just makes it all the more satisfying um I, I like to think um I just I like to think that like this was the game that like that that like we were waiting <laughs> the result of the game for them to be like, all right, you know what I don't think this is I don't think we're gonna, you know, um I think we're out of it this year. I could see the organization doing that. Uh, but one other thing, because we're in like hot stove season or whatever, or uh, entering it officially now. Um, I was just reminded because of the uh, Nightingale tweet earlier today about Lance Lynn and all that. Um just a few years ago, uh, or I guess actually several years ago now, the uh, infamous um, time when the White Sox, the tweet from Bob Nightingale where the White Sox were going to, wait a minute, potentially sign Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> which which I always wondered. I know this is really not relevant to, to anything we're talking about, but I just wanted to get that in because I always wondered what was like, what was like leaked? Like what did, what did Kenny tell Bob that led to that, <laughs> that, you know, uh, anyway. Yeah. Fun times. fun times. I'm attempting to make assignments as we are speaking live. So other thoughts that, uh, folks have, please uh, blurt them out. Uh, Dante, your father's probably just chuckling quietly to himself after hearing his son swear live on the internet, but. I am just very sad and I, um, need to take an extra Lexapro. Sam, is that allowed? Can I take two a day? Um, let me see. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm i not going to answer. Not to, put you, not to put you on the spot. <laughs> not going to be an actual doctor for this one, but um, <laughs> probably, probably deserve it at this point, just for your sanity. As, as a White Sox fan, in my role as a White Sox fan. <laughs> Very absolutely. good. I'm actually just going to talk, like, going to talk to my prescriber tomorrow and be like, hey, so I'm a White Sox fan. Can we maybe bump this up a, just a bit more to get me little, through little, the next little two extra something, something to get me through the next week? It doesn't have to be a double dose, but you can just prescribe something additional. Yeah. You know, the former pharmacy tech in me was really like, I, I wouldn't recommend doubling up on those, but it's been a long, long time since I, you know, I, I've read that prescription. So, you know. As a White Sox fan, I say, you know, do what you got to do. All right. Who's dispensing legal advice next? <laughs> Here's some legal advice. Don't listen to me about legal advice. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we had a breaking um, trade and we're uh, dealing with that, um, which I guess cut into our, our overall um, um, angst, even though it just sort of brought um, the handkerchiefs out. Uh, quicker. Um, this probably won't be the only such thing we'll be doing in this next uh, week or 10 days, given the fact that, well, nothing's going to be the same as trading away Lucas Giolito, and nothing's going to be the same as losing two straight games in embarrassing fashion to the Chicago Cubs. Uh, so in a traditional fashion, doesn't have to be a speed round. Let's go around and let everybody have a final say. I would like to get a vision from each one of you of what 
the final two months of the season is going to be. You can talk front office, you can talk field, you can talk yourself as a fan, you can talk about what concession you want to try at the game, whatever it is, give me a projection of what these two months are going to be that we all are going to have to live through. We're all fans and we're all active on the website called South Side Socks. And of course, we are also empaths on uh, behalf of all of you who, do, who choose to damn your eyes as you wisely, wisely should already have been doing before we even had to tell you. Crystal O'Keefe, I would like to start with you. What is the next two months going to be like for you? A bloodbath. <laughs> Simple, classic. Yes, okay, bloodbath. Um, Halky Hayes, would you like to uh, throw in with a thought on what these two months are going to be uh, for you, are you just going to be marking the calendar until our new double-A catcher who switch hits and seems like an awfully fine fella uh, comes up and plays for the White Sox, which could, by the way, be like Friday. But uh, what's the two months going to be like for you? There's going to be a lot of games and moments where in like, you know, 10 years from now, God forbid, we're still here. We're going to watch you be watching a game and there's going to be a highlight like 10 years ago. This happened. And I'm going to see the name on the back of the pitcher's jersey. I'm going to be like, mm. holy shit, that guy, mm-hmm. Oof, those, mm-hmm. those were some times, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of what I remember, you know, 2017 to be like. That's my. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's All those guys we've forgotten about from uh, 2013. Like, oh my God, that guy played for the White Sox. Oh, Pelfrey? Wow. That was a time, yeah. man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Dylan Covey probably can, his shoulder probably is still somewhat intact. So who knows? Dylan! Another Dylan. Uh, Christina, uh, what is the next two months going to be like for you, aside from your dutiful work and your great, great attitude and the way that you brighten all of our lives here at Southside Sox? Uh, but besides that, um, in those moments when, you know, you have to put the tragedy mask on, uh, because I'm guessing it's going to have to do with the next two months for you. I don't know what kind of performance we're going to get on the field. I'm just going to assume it's going to be subpar at the best, but... I think we're probably going to see a lot of um, random people trying to play right field and second base because that (laughs) seems like the only thing that we do around here. Um, So, Jake Berger, you want to play right field? And we might as well test it at this point. If Andrew Benintendi wants to try to play a left-handed second base, we can test that out. Why not? Um, Yeah, so who knows? I, I think they should probably just start actually playing the AAA guys that they have been trying to maybe test because, uh, I mean, if that's not what they're doing already, there's not going to be any players left. So yeah. I don't know. I just – I don't really care how they perform right now. I think if they're going to – today was a very entertaining, entertaining way to lose. So it was yesterday, I suppose, if you're going to put it that way, um, in the way that our lives are already so sad that, mm-hmm. um, sure, I'll watch the team beat mm-hmm. us really badly at our mm-hmm. own home park. Mm-hmm. We went from going for it to fun bad in the space of not just a season, but well, what? We're so bad, of season? bad that it's unbelievable. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> it really is unbelievable. Uh, okay, Ryan. Um, aside from the cussing, because clearly there is going to be more cussing coming over the next couple months. Uh, so beyond that, uh, what do you anticipate the next couple months for you to be? Um, a shit show. <laughs> I mean, I'm. <laughs> I'm completely deflated right now. I, I literally, I have nothing. I'm expecting a, I'm expecting a sweep at the hand of, of Cleveland this weekend. And, and if, if this roster is intact, I, I mean, who knows? Like, I expect plenty more embarrassing sound bites from Pedro, more lackluster play. Um, 
I'm calling it now. This team is losing 100 games, and uh, it, it'll be like it, it won't even be in doubt. It, it's it's just going to be ugly. Yeah. Like if we thought the first half was ugly, yeah. um, hold on to your butt. It's it's ugh. yeah. I they're, got they're peering so over bad. right now into the 10 worst teams in White Sox history. They're peering over, and I think this trade gives them a pretty strong step into that. And yeah, whether it is exactly 100 or not. Anywhere close is going to get them into uh, 10 worst territory. Mm -hmm. So they might not be able to get out of that. They might get not get north of uh, 400 winning percentage again. Uh, yeah, it could be bleak. Um, Sam Sherman, well, what's it going to be like for you? What's uh, how, how, you got two months to the end of the season. We've all marked our calendars. I think we circled the last day of the season. Oh, I don't know if we're honest. Uh, pretty much after about the, the, the first couple series of the season, um just out of curiosity you know just to know when the season ends and and now we've been bolding it and bolding it and highlighting it uh but there's still two months so where are you at how are you gonna fill that time uh, i'm excited because you got a team now that's on pace to have you know i mean you got to think of potentially the number one overall draft pick in next year's mlb draft perfect ammunition for han to trade years down the road when they kick off whichever rebuild that will be uh, <laughs> prospect that um, surely will um, that they will not resign uh, once that opportunity comes, especially if they're a pitcher. Um, honestly, like I, I, again, like this is just, I, I don't blame anybody for having any feelings right now around, around the sadness about Lucas leaving or about other or, or, or Reynaldo or other players that, that may go over the next um, the, before the trade deadline. Uh, but I, I, the, what this season and what the last few seasons have done to me is like, I'm just like, I don't care. Like get rid of everybody. I don't, other than Luis Robert, I really like watching him. He's a, he's a superstar. But other than that, I mean, I say trade everybody. I don't care. I have no real emotional attachment to, um, at this point to, to basically anybody on the roster. Um, it's like, I even am at the point where it's like, I know you don't want to like call for fire and you don't want like to hope somebody loses their job, but like, Fire Grafol. It's not his fault in, in, in the sense of maybe it's a couple of games here or there, but I, I don't know. I still want him fired. It's like, I don't care. I just, I, I want this, like, I want like um, an exorcism of, I think there's a new exorcism movie coming out in the, like it's pretty soon. I want the, an exorcism of the Chicago White Sox. And if that starts with just getting rid of the players to then maybe at some point something happens which would facilitate a, a sale or something. I don't want to speculate on what would lead to that, but I will just say that like, whatever. I mean, I, if anything, this is, this adds some interest for me for the rest of the year um, for the rest of the next week to see what else they do. Um, because yeah, as far as the product on the field, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. As a good producer, I just looked it up, Sam. And in fact, it is Exorcism uh, 13, uh, Exorcism of the White Sox. That is actually the subtitle. So it, yeah, it should be sort of good, especially if it involves the... All right, well, let's not get violent. Uh, okay, well... Um, all right, Dante, uh, through the magic of something, um, Dante has teleported um, home. I don't know that he has poured his uh, big stiff drink quite yet, but uh, he did have to nope, deal with yet. being in a car with his Cubs fan father which was probably painful probably probably calls for a double um dante so you have permission but uh what's the next uh what's what's between now and the end of the season uh how you feeling what, what are your plans uh what's all right for? so for me it's just like 
I know I've gotten like a bit of a rep of being the one that's negative about this team. Sometimes, you know, with some of my articles dumping on this team, the occasional person that comments on the podcast saying I'm a little negative. Um, I just want to say I was right <laughs> in this one. I was right for this one when I was, bad. you know, so it's all good. Um, I expect a lot of days where if I'm doing bird app, I'm going to be yelling at my computer screen. Um, I expect a lot of days of just not even paying attention to this team if I'm at work instead of my usual checking in every once in a while, just checking like every 30 minutes to see what the score is and see if Luis Robert hit a home run. Like that's the only thing I'll be checking to see. How many home runs can Luis Robert hit this year? I like, congrats. This game is going, I mean, this team has made it so much easier for me to just watch other teams. I'll, I'll be catching Lucas Giolito's first start with the um, A's and Angels if I can. I'll be watching this because I, it'll be at least he's going to be somewhere with Shohei Otani. At least Mike Trout should eventually make it back. I don't know if he'll have power anymore because he got the Andrew Benatendi injury. But it'll be very interesting to see just what happens. Also, we got Gio and Gio. Giolito and Gio Oshella that could be his catcher. So that's a little cute thing. See, look how but. desperately Dante is trying to be positive about the remainder of the season. He, hey, listen, if you don't think we read your comments and listen to them, aside from the guy who continues to write from Facebook that Kenny Williams should be fired, because, all right, this is why we don't open all right. up all the different social media. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't touch this Facebook one. Um, but um, Tim Madison, you are a something that's not in Chicago. Lance Lynn, you are a Durham Bull. <laughs> um, Andrew Benintendi, you are a New York Yankee. I can see them making that trade because this franchise is just, they're, they're full of surprises now, I guess. They are full of surprises. Oh wait, they're not all surprises because we all said Jay Leo has been getting traded before the season started if this team wasn't good. Yeah. It, it feels bad and not to speak to Rick Hahn and his Reggie's sticking his tongue out and acting like a, 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 a child uh, about all of us rooting for the rebuild to fail because none of us were. What kind of idiot? You're not a White Sox fan. Even now, we're not technically, we're not rooting for them to fail. I think I can speak to what Sam said, that there's a numbness at this point. And I think there's also a guilt by association. I am sorry that if you're wearing a White Sox cap right now, you do somehow bear some of the bear some of the, 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 the guilt and the angst that we're all feeling. I'm sorry that Rick Hahn did that to you. I'm sorry that maybe even Pedro Grafal did that to you. Um, but it's happened. And so, yeah, it's hard to feel too, uh, too upset about anything that is still to come as we have to still withstand two months of the season. And this is, we've said this many times in print and on podcasts, this is what you've done to us, White Sox. This is what you've done to us, Rick Hahn. These are dedicated fans. Even if we've come to the team recently, we root like hell. We root 100% or more for this team. We wanted to see we wanted to see a window of contention. We weren't waiting for it to break or slam shut or get weatherproofed. Uh, this is this is a bad new situation we're in and you did this. We didn't do this. We're just rooting for this team still to do something and be something. And if that's 2024, we're not going to be unhappy about it. We're going to be really pleased, stunned, shocked, and you know we're going to have some of what she's having. But we're going to be pleased 
Uh, so that's what we're still rooting for, even as we see this trade for Giolito, and it seems like it might be a decent one. That's, hey, it's about time. Maybe we got a tiny bit of good news, even though it's it's enveloped in, in sadness and badness. Uh, we'll probably do this again. It won't necessarily be when Dr. Sam says, you know what? We got to have some therapy, but it could very well. I mean, he has that power. He has the special button. When he presses it, the alarm goes off in all of our homes. We say, all right, let's assemble because you folks out there need it. We need it. I mean, frankly, whether we have viewers, whether we have listeners, we need this. So thank you, Sam, for calling it. And uh, I, I hate to say it, but we'll probably do, we'll be doing it again sooner than you're ready for it and sooner than any of us are expecting. Uh, probably nothing as much of a gut punch, he says, just waiting for the next gut punch uh, as Lucas Giglio being dealt after a Cubs loss. Uh, but uh, I guess we're all just uh, braced. Um, thank you, Crystal, for juggling this while writing. Uh, Malachi for juggling while writing. Sam, coming in from the cold and hanging with us uh, and deciding that uh, unless you are typing in all the comments about firing Ken Williams, and I know you're not. Uh, Christina Erdo, thank you for joining us. We need you here even more often. We miss you. We need the spirit. It's it's good vibes. It's good vibes, you know, volume two. Jackie Crystal, where you at? Uh, and Dante Jones, I don't know what's going on with this, these transportation combinations, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but thanks for making it. Uh, Ryan, uh, thank you for keeping our, our cuss quotient up because that was necessary. Let's let's not pretend it wasn't necessary. That was really crucial here. And uh, you helped us meet. We, you helped us fill the swear jar two minutes in. So that's important. That's important. And Melissa's happy. So uh, thanks. Any of you who decided to listen, watch, whatever, we'll, we'll do it again. And again, as I always say, probably much sooner than uh, you're ready for us. But uh, unfortunately, strap it down because more is coming. The hellfire has just begun to rain. Uh, the season doesn't end until uh, the cusp of October. <laughs> it seems a long way away. Believe me, it's going to feel a lot longer than it seems right now. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining in. And uh, we'll be back sometime soon. We got no choice.